Hello, and welcome to Parents Just Don't Understand. I'm your host, Kurt, and tonight we're returning for our second Halloween episode, and we'll be discussing uh, both the, the haunting season and Halloween in general, as well as a piece of suitably seasonal entertainment, uh, namely the 2014 cartoon miniseries Over the Garden Wall, which is a kind of Baroque gothic adventure cartoon from uh, Patrick McHale, who also worked on Adventure Time and a number of other uh, Cartoon Network series. And uh, joining us once again tonight is uh, Chris Woodward, who we last talked to about The Hobbit back when uh, the whole quarantine rigmarole was was just starting. And um, I'm excited to say that uh, Chris will be joining us now as a regular co-host. So so welcome back to the show and kind of welcome welcome aboard, Chris. Thank you very much, Kurt. It's it's great to be on, and I, I really appreciate you asking me to do this. We're both dads, and we both talk constantly about what media we're we're showing our kids, um, and so I think we'll we'll have a, a ton of stuff to discuss in in the coming weeks. Can I say, uh, dads rock. Dads rock. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's it's like it's like dudes rock, but like more so. But uh, onto the to the topic uh, of the evening, um, I have to say, uh, I, I feel like this year is a Halloween in crisis. Um, both because it is a disruption of the regular Halloween uh, activities. I, I think a lot of people are, are kind of trying to answer the question of like, what what do you do for, for Halloween? Um, but then also, uh, I, I want to address um, the, the, the terrible advent of uh, spoopy season and, and, and spoopy that seems to have, have started this year where people are talking about like, like Halloween, like adult Halloween in like a very childlike, like cre- creepy way, which I have to say uh, irritates me to to no end. Yeah, the the kind of like um, Harajuku uh, goth schoolgirl type of horror. Is that, is that what you're talking about? No, I, I, I'm not even really sure exactly what people mean by it. It's 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 almost just kind of like a cutesy uh spooky scary skeletons but like not like a kids thing just like adults being cutesy about halloween without kids involved which to me is like is like creepy like like to to me to me uh, halloween is for adults as well and you can you can do whatever you feel like you know um but but there's something slightly creepy to me when when adults kind of like infantilize mm. a grown up activity and there's no kids involved it's kind of like the way that i look at like um you know grown up young adult fans who are like maybe a little bit too vocal about it it's like it's like if if you're going to take something that is for kids you can make it for adults that's fine but then don't don't also act like a kid about it cuz that makes it weird right yeah cuz yeah exactly you you're, you're stealing it uh, not only from like you you're making it weird for the kids who want to partake but you're also kind of just like you know keeping yourself in an arrested childhood which you know doesn't seem very helpful. exactly exactly you're you're stealing kid valor <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah um so so we are um doing some kind of like socially distant like micro trick-or-treating like it's it's uh, what we're basically doing is um going to my parents uh retirement community and we're not like going around we're just kind of like going to a parking lot with literally like my parents um and i think we're just gonna have candy and they're gonna like run around in the parking lot outside uh, have you guys figured out what your plans are uh for halloween night itself yes uh my wife uh her she comes from a pretty large family and all her 
uh, brothers and sisters have kids around my daughter's age, uh, which is four. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to similarly meet up in a parking lot, uh, but we're going to do kind of like a rotating trunk or treat so that nobody's like mm-hmm. up with each other's families, but like you put out a little bit of candy by your car and then we kind of just rotate among the the uh, things. And then every, you know, the kids can show off their costumes. And of course my uh, mother-in-law has come up with some certain socially distant games and things like that. Um, but uh, I, I think it'll be good. Um, not that she really, my daughter really needs any sort of candy or anything like that, but because uh, it just, just means I, I, I eat it, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Like I, I definitely eat uh, probably about, about two thirds of, of the Halloween candy. Although uh, my, my older daughter has gotten like a little bit more with it. Um, about like how much food was left when I gave it to daddy versus how much food was remaining when it, when it came back. Like there was definitely like last week, she definitely like had me put something in the fridge. I definitely like took a bite out of it. And then when she got it back later that day, she asked me if I'd taken a bite out of it. Um, are, are, are people in your neighborhood being like weirdly aggressive about, um, like still wanting to to trick or treat regularly? I have it's it's strange. I, I the only thing I saw is I, I've signed up for next door, but I'm not actively on it. But I did see somebody send out a poll about, you know, what are you doing for Halloween? Are you putting out candy in a bowl? Are you gonna actually open your door to people? And I, I didn't really look at the results of that, but it, I, I'm getting the sense based on the number of people I see walking around like not really caring about like socially distancing or, or um not uh, that I'm I'm assuming a lot of people are still kinda gonna go do something. Uh, uh, my, my guess is it's going to be like, you know, a couple families um, with, uh, you know, kids going around and then there's probably going to be mostly just bowls left out. Um, you know, n- n- none of that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that like extra long pole that they were going to slide. Yeah. No. Yeah. Come on. It's like, yeah. just, just put a bowl out on your front lawn. Like they, they make big bowls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can put a, a bowl? couple bags of candy yeah. in. A bowl with a hand, a hand sanitizer bottle right next to it with little like skull on it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> it's fine. just hand sanitizer. Yeah. All yeah, you get is hand sanitizer. Yeah, you don't need to install like a pneumatic tube. You know, we've become um, the the non candy house uh, the the past few years, and um, like. Uh, a few years ago, I would have felt mortified by being the the non candy house, um, but we give out like pretty cool non candy stuff in the sense of like we give out uh, like like the glow in the dark necklaces and like glow sticks and and like light up rings and stuff. And what's what's always really funny to me is it'll be like a group of like young kids and then one teenager, and the young kids will all take like like the glowing rings and stuff and leave. And the teenager will wait until all the kids leave, and then like they'll they'll take one too, like real quick, and walk away. <laughs> That's uh, you know, people always make a big deal out of the candy, but sometimes those little trick or treats, or uh, I don't know, did your did your parents ever get? Um, and this might have been just because my parents were teachers, but Oriental Trading Company um, catalog. It, it had like lots of little like trinkets like that, and of course my mom would never order any of that stuff like that. But that's that's what you would find out in Halloween, and that was sometimes that was always the best. Yeah, there was there was definitely um, there's only like one year that that my my family did did non um, non candy uh, trick or treat favors, and um, I, I I I feel like as a kid 
on the porch handed them out, I definitely felt threatened. <laughs> I felt like I was breaking the social contract, but, but, but also like, I don't know. I, when I was a teenager, I was like one of the teenagers who would like, like hide and like jump out and, and at least scare like the older kids, like the really young kids I wouldn't scare, but there, I remember specifically there was like two years in a row where I, I wore like, like baggy, um, like camouflage clothes and like a full face, um, like skeleton, uh, mask. And I kind of like stuffed socks into the clothes. So it looked like it was just like a, like a scarecrow. Mm. Um, and then when the kids would get close, I, I would like stand up, uh, and like, I wouldn't chase them. I would just stand up and then I would give them candy. Um, but there, there was definitely one where like, it was, it was older kids, but there was one little kid with him that uh, I didn't see. And like, I definitely did like terrify like that, <laughs> like a four-year-old, which I feel bad about. Um, but also as like the parent of a four-year-old, like I wouldn't be that mad about it. If, if that happened, as long as they weren't like a prick about it. Yeah. There was a, there was a house in our neighborhood too, that would do that too. Uh, and so, you know, this, we saw it a couple years in a row and then, but every year uh, my daughter would forget about it. And so she, creep up and uh he just he, he would scare the pants off her and we, <laughs> we just had a good laugh so speaking of your daughter um i i know that she is a fan of witches yes. um so how uh how how has uh how has 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 halloween been going over uh seasonally in the woodward household well, because of the pandemic, uh, you know, my, my in-laws are in, are here watching her during the day. Um, we're not sending her to uh, preschool right now. Uh, so, and my, my mother-in-law is very big into crafts and every single craft they do now is Halloween related. So, and we've been putting them in our like a uh, window in our kitchen. So it's top to bottom. Just there's a really cool mummy they made uh, a whole bunch of like garland made out of like ghosts and, and spiders. <laughs> uh, Spiders are a big thing now too. Like witches and spiders are her two main Halloween fixations. Uh, I'm not sure why, but uh, yeah. So we bought her a, a witch costume, uh, and you know her uh, her grandmother and, and I think grandfather helped make a a uh, broom uh, out of like random sticks in our yard. So she's gonna. She, it, it looks legit. It looks. I'm telling you, it, it looks like came <laughs> from Salem. So it's. Uh, she, and she but. My daughter being the, you know, the, the angel she is in her heart, she always reminds us that she's a good witch. She's, she's not a bad witch. We, we have always had a ton of like Halloween books um, that we would keep in circulation because like our, our older daughter would get attached to them. And so we, we pretty much had like, um, there was one that was like, like 10, 10 spooky ghosts or something where like a witch moves into the mansion and the ghosts have to chase the witch out again. Um, and, uh, and like, that was just always in rotation. So like, we've had like a permanent witch thing going on for the past year. Um, we, we, we used to watch, uh, Kiki's delivery service pretty much nonstop. And there's like a couple other witch cartoons. There's, there's that one cartoon, uh, room on the broom, um, with, uh, Jillian Anderson and, uh, Simon Pegg. That's, that's quite good. Um, so yeah, so we've, we also have like a little witch, kid um but she doesn't really distinguish between like good and evil uh witches um like i've i've posted about this on twitter a lot but but our four-year-old is kind of like a little goth in a lot of weird ways um and and so like she's very she's been very obsessed with like death and monsters and like 
what things eat other things. Um, we've we've been letting her stomp on um, spotted lantern flies, which for oh. for anyone who isn't in the kind of mid Atlantic states, it's like a it's like a pestilence of these little pain in the ass jumping flying beetles that kind of like fly spasmodically all over the place. Um, they're loud and they were swarming like a couple weeks ago. They were like absolutely everywhere and they're really hard to kill. Like, like you could, you could hit them quite hard and um, they're, they're a, a very invasive species and they're, they, they came in in like New Jersey and now they've spread as far as like upstate New York. And I think down to like Virginia, but um, we let her stomp on the lantern flies, which is like a, it's like a big new thing. Cause we've always been like, don't hurt things. Don't, we don't kill anything. And now it's like, we don't kill anything except spotted lantern flies. You can kill those. And now she's been asking about like, about killing. Like, what does it mean? Like, like do, do, do animals kill other animals? What do animals eat? Um, and so she's been very into that. She's been getting very into skeletons. And then this year, as like Halloween kind of ramped up, she's gotten more and more into like actually being like a little bit scared. Um, like we watched, uh, we watched, uh, the secret of Nim. Um, and she was definitely scared by that. There were a couple other things she was scared by. And then we also recently watched, uh, over the garden wall, which, um, was, was less scary than I remember thinking it was when I, when, when I, first watched it um which is something that i want to talk a little bit about when we when when we do get onto that um but definitely for like a little kid is still is still like pretty pr- pretty intense in, in, in a lot of ways yeah uh like you said uh, so we, we've been watching room on the broom on a loop uh <laughs> and then so her her witch her sources of witch information are that room on the broom which is a, a extremely cute um very british uh story i found because it's just uh, you know, everybody's just so polite and, and nice. Um, but uh, she also watches, I'm, I'm not sure, if, uh, Super Monsters on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It's apparently, a, you know, a Netflix original. Uh, and there's a witch on there as well. We actually got her the wand from there, uh, the magic wand, because, um, you know, there, she's a witch. So and uh, uh, and that one is it, it's le- it's less spooky, uh, even though like it's all it's I'm not sure if you're not familiar. Uh, it's all the little kids are the kids of the famous monsters. So it's um, Frankenstein's son. Uh, there's a mummy who actually is, looks like Cleopatra, which is, I, after watching this many a times, I've, I've had many questions for my daughter about the mythology of this, the monsters in this show, but unfortunately she's not, she hasn't dipped into the universal horror uh, movies yet. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where we're at um, with watching that stuff. I have tried to introduce her to Hocus Pocus, and I tried to say, "Oh yeah," by saying that there, are, oh, there's witches. You're gonna, you're gonna like that. There's witches, and then we've got like a little bit in. And at first, uh, and I, I had forgotten that. And, you know, they straight up kill a girl. Yes, like girl. immediately, she yeah. she dies immediately. Like yeah. the first five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's basically it's actually basically Hocus Pocus and um the movie The Witch start in basically the same way. Yes. Oh yes, I, I hadn't even connected that, but yeah. Uh, um, and then, so my my wife was giving me eyes when when that was going on, and I think it kind of went a little bit over her head. But then she, honestly, you know what? It wasn't the scary parts that she she told us to turn it off. It was 
the high school love interest stuff that she was. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. She was like, I don't want to watch this. So, (laughs) so, so we, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because we've been watching, uh, Hocus Pocus a lot. Um, Denise is a huge fan of, of Hocus Pocus. Um, and Kayla was a little bit scared at first and then she got over it and now she's like very into it. Uh, she calls it Pocus Pocus. Um, and, um, the, the part that she was the most curious about was whether the zombie was good or evil. And I was trying to explain like a face turn to her where it's like, oh, well, like he's, he's bad, but then he like, eventually he turns out to be good. Um, so, so it's fine, but she's very confused about like, like, I I think she gets very confused about like the next time that you watch the movie, knowing that the bad person is going to become good by the end. Um, but she, she also, she really, really likes, um, when they sing, I put a spell on you, uh, at like the school dance, the, the, the grownup dance. That's a weird thing in that movie. Like the grownups go to the high school to have a Halloween dance, which is not a thing I've ever heard of, but Hey, more power to them for getting out of the house, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it's more of those spoopy people you're talking about. See, but see, that's that. Yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of is like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, it 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 kind of is. I, I was gonna say, uh, uh, super monsters is is uh, spoopy is like like and and like inherently childish. Yes. Uh, like scary thing. Like they're monsters, but but mo- monsters compared to whom? Like. Like they're they're friends with like regular kids, and they're basically just like regular kids who turn into monsters when the sun goes down. But it's not a bad thing, and they don't really seem to like to like go through much uh, difference. Um, plus, like what constitutes a monster is very flexible in in that show. Like like there's a there's a kid who like turns into a dragon, and they're like, well, it's a monster, and it's like, well. Yeah, I guess a dragon is a monster, but it's not like a it's not like a like a Christopher Lee yeah. monster exactly. Exactly, yeah, it's not a supernatural. I, I think in later episodes, there's like a gargoyle or something that comes to life, or I, I don't know. I, I, and then the the their teachers called I, uh, Igor. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Like, and then but then there, he has like you know a young twenty something daughter, and just yeah. like. Which, which, <laughs> It's uh, the, the mythology is just all over the place. Oh, interesting! I, f- I discovered this. That was created by Avi Arad, who is like this, like really like mm-hmm. huge. Um, I don't know. He's like a mega producer. Like he he was really involved in the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies and stuff like that. Uh, so it, it's just kind of weird, just like to see these kind of like tossed off animated shows for kids that these guys just you know probably came up with an idea for you know in a, in an afternoon and it's running for years now on Netflix. Yeah. Apparently, uh, 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 apparently he was the CEO of toy biz in the nineties. Um, and, uh, he was the chief creative officer at Marvel and, uh, the founder of Marvel studios, which is kind of, kind of wild. Um, yeah. yeah, he apparently made super monsters. There's a lot of those like cash in, uh, kids shows. Um, I, I have noticed where it's like somebody who's like, like like uh George Lucas even did that that one movie what the hell is it called where it's like it, it, it it's like a jukebox musical kids like C- CGI kids movie you know what i'm talking about i'm not from uh George Lucas one yeah um it is called strange magic it came out Uh-oh. in 2015 and it's like a jukebox musical about like goblins yeah. and uh very 
very strange. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, um, let's uh, let's let's jump over to uh, to over the garden wall, um, which uh, you know I, I have to say, um, uh, my, my my background with it, I'll, I'll say real quick, um, was that Denise and I started watching it back in like I don't know 2015, 2014 or so, and we watched about half of it, and I was like, this is good. Um, but like, I don't really need to continue watching this because it is, it is definitely like, it's straddling that line of being a kid's show and an adult show. Um, and, uh, but, but it, it does still have like big elements of a kid's show and, and us at the time not having kids, we're not really, we're not particularly into to watching kids shows. Um, and you mentioned to me that you had watched it with your daughter and she was a big fan of it and you were a big fan of it. So uh, last week we went and showed it to our four-year-old uh, and she loved it. Um, and I was really blown away by how well it works as kids entertainments. I was super psyched uh, that you were interested in, in talking about it, but um, what's, so what's, what's your background with uh, over the garden wall and, and how did you wind up uh, watching slash terrorizing your daughter with it? Uh, so I remember hearing about it when it was first coming out and um, but I, I, for some reason I just never really sought it out uh, because I, you know, it, it kind of, and it, it kind of does look along the same lines of adventure time or, or shows of that nature, which is, uh, you know, they they sound really good and they, you know, especially um, adventure time with a pretty, um, you know, dense mythology that they, they come up with. Um, but uh, it's just uh, for some reason I just never really got into those, so I thought that was kind of be, just be a similar thing, uh, and um, it, so I just never really looked into it. And then um, you know, obviously having a daughter, you're uh, or or a kid at all, you're you're looking for anything to show them. Uh, just sometimes that like is not the same old you know word party on Netflix where <laughs> <laughs> with those uh, bears. Um, so uh, last last. Halloween season, um, you know, she was she had shown some interest in like spooky stuff, but not really. So I thought this would be appropriate to to show her. I I, I did not watch it entirely through first before showing her. So we were watching it for the first time at the same time, which was probably a mistake because uh, it did. Uh, so yeah, but it was I guess yeah last last Halloween around then is when I showed her. Um, we got as far as um, the episode with. Uh, the bell, uh, the lady, and oh yeah, empty whispers, and, and the bell, and uh, and then she kind of like um, she was starting to get a little bit too scared, and and we kind of shut it down then. Um, but uh, yeah, because uh, so, but she she liked it, and um, uh, and she liked it a lot, and I I loved it, and I just finished watching it, watching it on my own. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and just like for for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's um as as Chris says, it's very much like in the style of an Adventure Time. Um, I, I mean, I mean the the creator worked on Adventure Time, and and he basically uh, a couple of years before he made the miniseries, he made a, a short film called Tome of the Unknown, um, that was produced as like a one off for Cartoon Network, um, and it's about these these two kids named Wirt and Greg. Um, and they are kind of, uh, they, they, they kind of discover themselves in a sort of, um, quasi grim fairy tales, uh, landscape, kind of like a Germanic haunted woods, um, harvest autumnal, like limbo zone with a, a talking bird 
and they are they are on a quest to like both kind of like get get back to where they came from which the the show doesn't tell you immediately but they 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 are from like the real world and have kind of fallen into a fantasy world but but for at the start of the show you don't really know that um and then there's this kind of other plot lines that arise uh as the show goes on and it's it's what it's like it's like it's like 10 episodes or so isn't it 10 10 exactly yeah uh 10 and they're and then each episode's about 10 to 12 minutes long. So, uh, you know, you can watch the whole thing in about two hours. Uh, and it, and it moves at a great, good pace. What, what I really like about it is so like each, each episode is kind of very much in that like adventure time mode where it, it both has like a, it both has like a larger mythology that it, it may or may not engage with. Um, but then it also kind of has like, like a one-off encounter and what's really neat about it is it's it is definitely scary but it never quite like grinds you under its heel of like bad feelings like it'll be scary but then it, it will resolve itself in an unexpected way that kind of like diffuses the tension and like nobody dies or you know like like there isn't that like the ending of like misery or like crushing depression, even though like a lot of the show is very dark and and depressing. And like for me, like the perfect example of this is uh, there's an episode where they kind of stumble into this village of scarecrows, and they all like are having this weird scarecrow town hall, and they get captured by the scarecrows and brought before this giant scarecrow who is being very ominous and makes them dig graves and they're like chained up having to like work themselves, having like work for their freedom. And the tension is like, are they going to kill them? Uh, and then it just turns out that actually the scarecrows are, are actually all um, skeletons and the grave that, that they're digging is not a grave for them. They're actually digging up a skeleton so that the skeleton can come back to life and, and join his friends with uh, the scarecrows. And, and so it just like resolves itself in kind of like a silly, happy, but still kind of like creepy and, and weird way. And it's like, it's like a really nice balance of like, it kind of, it kind of walks kids right up to the edge of like terror and panic. And then mm-hmm. it kind of like lets you down easily. Right. Well, you know, so technically the, the world that they fall into is called the unknown. And I think that's, you know, a, a deliberate naming because I feel like a lot of the uh, uh, episodes resolve themselves into finding that the thing that you were very scared of, it was really just you were afraid of the unknown. And then when you come to realize the, the, re- the full aspect of what's going on, it, you know, it still might be a little creepy, like the skeletons, it's actually skeletons there dancing in front of you, but it's not as scary as you had thought of what are they going to do to us? Are, are we digging our own graves? Like, uh, in particular, I'm thinking of uh, the episode where uh, the the uh, the guy, the guy who runs the tea company, um, and he's voiced by, I think, John Cleese. I think it's John Cleese um, from the, Mon- the Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, he has this gigantic mansion and he's like, I've, I've discovered rooms that I don't remember building. And, and then it turns out, uh, you know, he, he falls in love with this portrait of this woman that he's ne- he doesn't remember before. And then it turns out that he and this other T, uh, uh, you know, Baron, uh, turns out to like 
they lived right next to each other and their mansions were so big that they just start building into each other. <laughs> but, uh, but it was her that he was seeing. And then, but he was her ghost as well, that she, she was afraid of, she thought he was a spe- specter too, but, but like, like right there though, like, you know, it was fear of the unknown, but then once, you know, it's explicated, you're, you're not as uh, afraid. Uh, and I, I feel like that kind of uh, is sort of like the larger theme for the show in general. Um, not only that, but um, I also think that it, it's also somewhat appropriate that this is it's set in the fall autumnal area uh, because I do think it's a little bit um, dealing with the, the uh, you know, liminal state of being like a young adult growing into or older adult, like the teenager. It, it's more focused on work, I think, who is the main He's the older of the two boys. They're, they're, um, I guess it turns out to be their half brothers, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Uh, and Wirt is like a teenager, you find out. And then, like, he, he's like, and, 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 um, we, we haven't said, but they, they're dressed in like strange costumes. Um, but you don't know their costumes at first. Uh, but it turns out that, you know, they're, they're actually, you know, it's Halloween time in, in the real world. And, uh, he's like in love with a girl. And, so I, I feel like, you know, it's all about learning to take responsibility and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, accept what's going on, but also, you know, step up and, and face the unknown. If that, if I could try and tie it up into an EPO like that, but um, I, I was fascinated by that. Like, I, I think it's, it's, um, it, it, they did such a really good job of capturing that, that um, feeling you get, like, and now every fall leaves are falling, you know, I, it's been like, you know, I won't say how long since I've been in a school, but like, it, you know, you always feel like, you know, it's school's back in, like, you know, like it's, and I feel like that the show really captures that feeling. It's all grays and, and, uh, or not grays, I'm sorry, uh, oranges and browns and like really just, it's gorgeous. Like, uh, I, I think it's, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of Adventure Time, but I, I think it's just the, the animation on this, maybe because it's shorter. Um, is just spectacular. I think it looks great. Yeah, the 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 animation is really good. Um, the the character models are very Adventure Time, but mm-hmm. the backgrounds have this very like painterly quality to them, where they're very heavily textured and like rich, and they kind of look. Um, they they're they're very reminiscent of the those like 1950s like like travel posters almost, mm-hmm. where it's like there's a lot of like dynamic color, um, and it's it's almost it's almost like like hyper photorealistic where it's it's like like the the like color saturation is like turned up overly much and like there's a lot of like very high contrast there's a lot of like shadows but there's also a lot of like colors in the foreground um two things that reminds me of a lot are uh the the video game firewatch um Mm. has has a very similar kind of like autumnal um kind of like shadowy color palette to it and then also the the older uh, Disney Legend of Sleepy Hollow cartoon also has very much of like like the same kind of feel, kind of like journey into into the unknown, into like a liminal state where the supernatural is apparently real. Um, but like compared to Adventure Time, um, I I think it takes itself a lot more seriously, like pr- more more consistently, like like the, that 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 gag of like oh no are we digging our own graves oh no you know it's just friendly skeletons they're skeletons but they're fine that's very adventure time um but like the the kind of like emotional stakes 
uh, that later develop with, with like what's happening to like kids souls um, felt like it had, it had much higher emotional stakes um, than something like adventure time did in large part, because again, so I, I did, I did an episode of uh, the uh, podcast Podside Picnic recently talking about um, Adventure Time, uh, Gravity Falls, and um, Infinity Train. And and my remark about Adventure Time was Adventure Time feels like it has this serious um, mythos like bolted onto it kind of after the fact. And a lot of other shows that that kind of strike that same tone, including Over the Garden Wall, feel much more like they designed it from the ground up. So like every, whereas like only some episodes of Adventure Time feel like they have real emotional stakes, almost every episode of this one does, and it's it's very effective. And I, I think it's it's very effective for conveying like darker emotions to kids in a way that again like like isn't going to completely fuck them up the way that like a Don Bluth cartoon might at some time. Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the the reason why I was able to, to because uh, the episode with, like I said, I when I watched it with my daughter, we got to the episode with the bell. Uh, and that's pretty far into it. I think that's like, you know. It's episode, like the second or third from the end, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so, and the reason why I was, we were able to get that far without really scaring her too much is because while, you know, spooky things are happening and there's like threatening things, it, it, it's pretty, like you said, it's not in your face scary, or it's not um, like it, it. You, you know, it's it's a little bit. Some of the, the the scares are a little bit more directed at you know an adult watching it who might understand the implications of what's being said, or uh, you know, or or, or the, the visuals on the screen, stuff of that nature. Like, um, so I, you know, while kids can enjoy you know the thrilling aspect of it, and there there are spooky things that I think a kid would definitely get from it, but. Um, you know, it still applies like there's multi levels to it so that adults can like see the a, a more scary thought to it. Like um, uh, the 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 uh, the the woodsman who has the spirit of his daughter in the lantern. Uh, like my my daughter really had no idea about that. But that's that's a really heartbreaking story about, you know, um, this, this guy trying to keep the, the flame, literally the flame of his, you know, deceased child alive. And and um, you know, like I said, my I, I think kid, younger kids won't really latch on to that, but um, as an adult and a parent, definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah. To, to, and to to kind of like explain that the what what kind of turns out to be motivating this this character, uh, the, the the woodman who who kind of like keeps popping up periodically, um, and he's he's central to the framing um story uh, or like the overarching storyline of the of the cartoon but he doesn't actually play a direct role in in all of the episodes is um he's he's kind of struck this like devil's bargain with this this demonic creature called the beast who has promised uh to to kind of keep his daughter's soul alive as long as he keeps feeding other children's souls to the beast effectively it's not it's not quite as straightforward as that there's a little bit of like more of like a supernatural logic where like kids first have to be turned into these like like oil trees it's very strange um but but so to to your point does it she she, she she turns out to like not be deceased doesn't she like like it turns out that she was actually fine it was just that like the beast was like holding her soul prisoner or something because she comes back at the at the end of the series doesn't she 
She does. Uh, and that was kind of, um, I, I think that goes more to the point of the unknown is because, uh, you know, the beast was, he was straight up lying to the woodsman as far as I can tell. Because, uh, like I said, it's not really explained uh, a lot. It's kind of just a really kind of a one-off scene to the very, very end. Um, but my, the way I interpreted it was that uh, the beast was lying and that he was, the flame was actually trapping her soul rather than, like, releasing her. So um, if the woodsman, you know, and tying back into the theme of the unknown, like I was saying, you know, he, he was afraid of, you know, well, what if the flame went out? Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's unknown whether or not this flame is actually keeping the flame of my daughter alive. Uh, so I'm just going to keep feeding kids to turn them into trees that, and then grind those trees into oil, which doesn't, it was, you know, it's, it's a neat little um, logic jump that I, I think is, uh, you know, inherent to a lot of like these fairy tales. But um, yeah, so I, I think that's, that was the implication was that, you know, he, he, um, by, by actually blowing out the can, the lantern at the end, which he decides to do t to finally de uh, defy the, uh, uh, the beast, um, it finally does bring his daughter back to him. Um, but I think he only decides to do that because Wirt decides that he doesn't want to carry around the lantern. Because I think, yeah, yeah, there's a there, there's a moment towards the end where um, Greg, the the younger brother, gets gets captured and is being turned into this these trees. Where like once the kids get turned into the trees, their souls get fed into the lantern, and the woodsman has been kind of tricked into believing that that's what that's what is necessary to keep his daughter alive in reality he's basically feeding the souls to to the beast that like that's what the beast needs um and it, it really is doing nothing for, for for his daughter or may even be be keeping her in limbo um and and the, the beast basically makes uh wert the same like bargain that he he offered to the woodsman which is like well you can carry the lantern and you can keep your brother's soul alive by capturing other kids for me and, and Wirt, um, Wirt notices somehow that like the beast gets really afraid uh, at the idea that like somebody won't take care of the lantern and realizes that like the beast depends upon the lantern being lit. Um, and basically says like, I don't think I, I want to carry this lantern. And, and yeah, he hands it back to the woodsman and that gives him the courage to defy the beast and, and blow the flame out which which appears to to kill or banish or or otherwise um send the beast away but it's a, it, to, to your point it's a, i mean it is it, it's a very like dark concept it it is basically like like it 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 is effectively a horror movie premise right like mm -hmm. like if this wasn't a cartoon um and you put a little bit more focus on the kind of like the the fate of the kids souls that kind of like reversal of oh, you thought this person was doing something necessary, but it actually turns out to have been this like this terrible act that now at the end is recontextualized and you, you're you hit with the, the full weight of like the horror of what they've done. Um, this cartoon doesn't really dip into the horror of the fact that like the, the woodsman has effectively been, you know, like in, in a metaphorical way, like, you know, killing children uh, effectively. Um but but that that is effectively a horror movie premise, and that that reversal and sudden realization of the darker tone is very much in line with like that. That's what makes you know horror stories, at least good ones, work. Is that that kind of sudden feeling of like the chasm opening and up, opening up beneath you, the the realization that you know you 
what what you thought was you know a safe and stable stare is actually dropping you into a huge abyss of of woe um but yeah it's it, it's very effectively done and it being for kids they just they kind of like skirt the edge and yeah if if you were an older kid i, I think you would you would pick up on on the fact that that it it, it has these darker implications but for it's okay for younger kids because unless they are extremely savvy consumers of media, they're probably not going to put together the, like the 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 immensity of some of the the darker implications of the show. Right, and I, I mean, and you know, the, you know, I, I know we've been talking about how you know horror movie premise and dark the, the show is, but I think the the show does a really good job of uh, leavening all that with uh, the humor that's brought forth by Greg. Uh, who is the, you know the the younger half brother of of work, uh, and he, you know he he's kind of like a, a comic relief kind of character uh, in that he's like I don't want to say oblivious because he's fully aware of what's going on, but he just doesn't care enough to get scared about anything. He he's kind of just diving headfirst into all this stuff, like he's just having a good time on an adventure with his like older brother, and and uh, you know he brings along his his friend Rock that he. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and, you know stuff like that that I think I I feel like um so you know so while while it does have and, and I think that's why a lot of kids or even maybe adults could probably miss some of the really darker stuff is because there's Greg there you know chasing after frogs and things like that like it's it's um it, and it's not he's not to the level of like an Abbott and Costello like meets Frankenstein type of stuff like mm-hmm. comedy like it's not that level it's it's still like um a kind of a goofyish um you know adventure time style humor i would say um but you know it's 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 enough there to help you know not make it just you know that it should be rather be on like you know a, a, you know on shutter network rather than cartoon network <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and and um when when i first started watching it your 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 point about about greg being like comic relief is very true but he's not annoying comic relief like i i was originally worried he was going to be kind of like te penguin of of doom uh type humor it was just like random like oh isn't this so random what i'm doing and like he is wearing like a teapot on his head so you you do kind of get that impression um but he's he's almost like a savant at, at times where where he he kind of sees through the nonsense that's going on like there's there's the the whole episode where um uh there's like a schoolhouse that Wirt somehow gets like talked into going to to school i believe at, at this like weird schoolhouse being run by this very depressed teacher um and and like her her mean dad comes in and like steals all the instruments away from the children and then it it like turns out at the end of the episode that like actually the 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 mean dad is not mean he 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 took he he took the instruments so that he could sell them to raise money to keep the school going and he was letting people believe that he was like like a jerk because he didn't want them to realize that like that like the school was failing or something, but I, I believe that Greg is the one who kind of like uh, uh, allows them to discover that because Wirt is so in his own head about like, he, it's, it's that, it's that thing where like, uh, like a, a teenager is enough of an adult to get kind of trapped up in the adult meanings of things and mm-hmm. misses kind of the, 
the 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 deeper simplicity of what's going on uh, again like like skeletons where you know Wirt is so worried about like the mortality of the situation of like are we digging our own graves whereas greg is just kind of like oh skeletons that's fine you know i wonder what they want well they you know they said that they'll let us go so that seems fine to me um right. and, and, and then and then at, at the end uh of the skeleton farm one but i thought was really funny is like Wirt is giving this kind of like like impassioned like emotional moment and he looks around and realizes that like his companions like took off a while ago <laughs> yeah well yeah and i think we, we that's to, to your point though greg serves kind of as like a counterpoint to Wirt's. like you know he's a little bit older he's Wirt is a little bit more in his head he's thinking he's, like you said he's, he's trapped a little bit by trying to be more in the adult world whereas greg's more rooted in the child world so he kind of like he he uh, it embraces the kind of oddity and the weirdness of, you know, going to to a school with other it's animals in like short pants. And like they, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the teacher uh, gives them, uh, you know, uh, what is it? I think it's like mashed potatoes or something like that to eat. And, um, you know, where, whereas Wirt is like, well, this is the food that they give us. So I have to eat it. But he, but he's, uh, Greg is so, uh, uninhibited in his chi- you know childlike nature that he spots a bottle of molasses goes grabs it and then starts putting it on the potato <laughs> now everybody loves the potatoes so like uh and it's also reflected not just in the in the, you know the fantasy world but it's also reflected in the real world in the later episodes uh, where we're you know he's has this crush on this girl uh and he made a mixtape for her but he's like i don't know if i want to give it to her whereas uh Greg is just like, oh, you made a tape for her. Oh, it has her name on it. She should have it because if you if you like her, you sh- you should listen to this. So he just like goes up and straight straight up, you know, directly says, hey, you know, uh, Wirt really likes you, Sarah, and stuff stuff like that. Where Wirt being caught up in the uh, you know, the the, the niceties of adult relationships, uh, you know, or teenage relationships at that time, uh, you know. Uh, Greg can kind of cut through that and, and get to the heart of it. Yeah, or or like um, in you know when when you get to see what the events of the real world were, there, there's this moment where um, Wirt's crush is like, "Hey, some of us are are going to the cemetery to hang out. Uh, do you do you want to come along with me?" And he's like, "Oh no, 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 no! I, I wouldn't want to do that." And and Greg is kind of like, "What?" what's wrong with you? Isn't, isn't that the thing that you've wanted this, this whole time? Again, it's that like, that like simplicity of, of children being able to just kind of see like the, the linear point A to point B, whereas like a teenager or an adult is so caught up in that kind of like super ego aspect of like, Oh no, well that's embarrassing. Or there's, there's all this like extra emotional baggage that I need to deal with that they wind up kind of, you know, screwing it up for themselves. But mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, you know, the, the, the last thing that I'll say, uh, kind of about this, I think is, um, the, the voice cast is like absolutely stacked. Um, and I, I didn't realize just how, uh, how, how impressive it is. Honestly, they have, I mean, so Elijah Wood is, uh, worked. Um, I'm not familiar with the, the, the guy who does Gregory Colin Dean, uh, you know, a, a kid voice actor, but, but he's good, you know? He does a yeah. good job. Um, uh, the Woodsman is voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Uh, John Cleese does multiple characters. Tim Curry is Auntie Whispers. 
which is which is great and and he is uh, uh horrifying in it yeah it's it's a uh it's it's a very impressive voice cast as a whole i think it's just a really well done series and i am glad that it's a mini series and that it was able to to conclude um and uh i'm 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 glad that that you you kind of brought it back up and and kind of put it back in my mind to revisit because um i i won't say that it's become like a favorite of the household we haven't we haven't rewatched it um i'll i'll probably see if kayla wants to to watch it again um but it it was it definitely went over well um the the only funny thing was at the end when when the beast gets vanquished uh, she was asking me, so like, is the beast gone? And I said, yeah, I, I think the beast is is dead. And she looked at me and went, I don't think the beast is dead, and <laughs> wouldn't and wouldn't elaborate. She was just like emphatic that the beast yeah. was still out there and alive. Yeah, I I am glad that uh, they weren't they didn't turn it into kind of like an ongoing series. I, I know there's uh, I think a comic, a couple comic books that have mm-hmm. spun off from it, but uh, I, I do think uh, you know Cartoon Network seems to have you know, run some things into the ground. And um, it's nice that this is just like, you know, just 10 episodes of a story from start to finish. And it's, it's rare to find that these days, uh, you know, and it's, it's just really, uh, re- really refreshing to see. And um, I, I, I do want to share one quick story. Uh, and, and this is part of the reason why maybe we stopped watching was, uh, so I said, I've said a couple of times, we've gotten to the episode where there's, there's a, you know, they find this cabin in the woods and, there's a, 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 a young girl, a teenage girl, um, and uh, she is being bossed around by this enormous, monstrous anti-whispers. Uh, and uh, anti-whispers forces the, the girl to do stuff by ringing a bell. And, you know, a- after we start watching that episode, uh, my daughter, uh, we weren't, she wanted something and we weren't doing it. And so she said, I'm ringing the bell. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I'm like. Oh, maybe maybe enough over the garden wall at this point. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, kids kids occasionally say really dark stuff, um, and you just kind of have to laugh at it, and then and then worry about it later. <laughs> um, I, so I I kind of have a, a recommendation for for anyone who who watches this and and then kind of wants like another thing that is a, a little bit similar in in feel. Um, so I, I mentioned it in passing earlier that I I, um, I was on uh, Podside Picnic to, to talk about Infinity Train, and um, I, I actually think that Infinity Train captures a lot of the same uh, qualities of Over the Garden Wall, whereas Over the Garden Wall is is a lot more um, pure, you know, fantasy. Uh, Infinity Train is it, it's. It, it's broadly science fiction. It, it it has a science fiction logic to it, but it does kind of go in into fantasy at times. Um, but the the neat thing about it, it's it, it's a little bit. It's pitched a little bit over older than over the garden wall. It's a little bit more explicit about people dying, as, especially the 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 most recent season um, is get, gets much more explicit and, and kind of um, surprisingly graphic with it. Um, but it what what infinity train does is each season a a young teenager or uh yeah pr- primarily a, a young teenager will run away from home or otherwise get on this train that travels through dimensions uh and each each you know they they have to progress through the train 
um, like overcoming different challenges and going through these different like emotional uh, travails. But each each season is about a different character's experience on the train. Um, and it kind of like resets a, a little bit and like what, what they, they do this neat trick of introducing uh, the, 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 uh, the person who's going to be the protagonist of the next season at some point during the previous season, you don't necessarily know that they're going to be the protagonist of the next season, but you'll, you'll encounter them. And then, you know, the next season starts and, Oh, now it's following this character. Um, and it, it, it hits a lot of the same notes. Um, and, and it definitely does a nice blending of that kind of like slightly darker textures of stuff. It kind of, it touches on um, kind of like liminal states and, and darker emotional palettes than kids might otherwise get exposed to. Like I said, it is a little bit more intense at times. Um, and so I, I would, I, you know, over the garden wall, our kids are both about, about four or five, uh, and, and we were watching that with, with them. And that's, that's probably like a decent low limit. Whereas, um, infinity train, I would probably say is probably not appropriate for a kid much younger than like eight or nine. I, I, I would say it's a little, it's, it's a little bit more intense at times. It sounds like that was, should have been what the Snowpiercer TV show should have been. It is, it, it is very much like extra dimensional, um, magical realist, uh, snow in a way yes it's 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 a really good show I, I honestly man you should you should watch it um i i think that you would get a kick out of it and and again each season is like 10 episodes long and they're about 10 minutes long mm-hmm. each so it's you can sit down and and uh enjoy a quick bite a queeby <laughs> of content <laughs> r.i.p r.i.p <laughs> gone gone but but not forgotten yet but probably soon will be um I mean, I think that's about all that I have to say about Over the Garden Wall. Um, do you have any final thoughts, Chris? I just think it's it's really good. Um, honestly, I'm considering trying to make this like almost like a Halloween tradition. That's a good idea. Yeah. How, because it's not – unlike some of the other Halloween-type uh, things, it's not explicitly a Halloween uh, I mean, I get, it, you, you, if you know what I'm saying, it's not all about trick or treating. It's not all about, uh, you know, that kind of comes in near the end. But um, it's 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 just more dark fantasy uh, with you know with a fall setting, and, and it's just it's really good. I I like it. I hearken it back to almost like a, a you know um, you you mentioned Sleepy Hollow, it, and I got that feeling where it was like you know colonial America, like um, that kind of era, um, and it's just it just it feels you know, of that lineage. Yeah, very much so. Um, And I I do think that's something that kids need more of again. Like I, I, I've been a little bit disappointed with the direction that uh, like kids Halloween media has gone because it feels like a lot of it has lost its edge Mm -hmm. um, and has gotten to be more like, like they, they've started making almost like, like kids horror movies um, which to me sort of defeats the purpose a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like ho- horror is is the wrong term, but stuff like Hotel Transylvania, mm-hmm. um, which like lacks the edge of something like The Adams Family. We watched The Adams right. Family recently, and that has an edge. Not just you know 
the mm-hmm. a, a violent edge to it, but like the mm-hmm. humor is dark. It's weird. It's a little bit off putting. Um, are you? I'm sorry. Are you are you talking about the animated Adams family or the, the... no the live action one the, oh. the live action one we had I... to have a talk with uh, Kayla about you know okay just to be clear in real life babies are not indestructible <laughs> like this baby um, those are those movies are fantastic um, I actually just rewatched them too I I didn't watch them with my daughter but um, I think she'd be all right with them uh, you know spooky wise um and i would definitely have to also make that kind of <laughs> disclaimer but yeah the second I, one is a bit more the, the second one is a bit more geared towards kids i, I feel like because it, it does have that that like summer camp plot line where it res- the, the first one a lot of it is is like like a like murder slash blackmail slash weird like revenge plot line which like doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to a kid i don't think no uh, and and I, I, I'm curious to check out the the animated one that just came out. Um, because... Oh, that animated one! I thought you meant like the cartoon that was on in the '90s, which is pretty uh, good. Um, honestly, yeah. we 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 did wa- watch uh, a bit of that. Um, I don't. Uh, I didn't think very highly of it. Um, okay. To, to, it was kind of like I, I don't know. It was just like defanged a, a little yeah. bit. Like it it felt it felt too Hotel Transylvania. There right. wasn't there like. I feel like part of Halloween, to your point about liminal states, part of it, I think, for a kid is you get to stay up late, go out after dark, watch scary movies, do these mm-hmm. things that are traditionally adult things that kids don't get to do. Now, granted, like there's a whole realm of stuff that's like, okay, this is kid-appropriate adult, quote-unquote-unquote, unquote, adult stuff. Um, But there is that sense of like this is something you wouldn't normally get to do. And I feel like taking the Adams Family – this thing that has a weird sexual violent edge to it, but is kind of kid appropriate in a way for the right kid for like a spooky goth kid. Yeah. Um, and, and then making it like into like more of a family friendly thing to me just misses the point. Like you need, it can't be fully for kids because that's what makes it what it is, is the fact mm-hmm. that, that, that it's, that it's not, it, it would be like well, making a scary movie. That's not scary. Yeah. I mean, they're just the monsters at that point. Then if you take out, the edge like that's the uh that's and you know the monsters were fine for what they were but they were (laughs) you know it was and and that's kind of how i feel about the super monsters as well like i mean and that's i you know i I understand that it's geared directly at kids uh the art the ages of our our kids as well like you know the four to five and a little bit higher range but um they you know there's no the plot lines aren't even about like spooky stuff like they just the, the fact that they're monsters is just kind of like beside the point, which I, I, I don't think, I, I don't know. It, it, it makes it a frustrating show to watch as somebody who just got through watching, uh, you know, all the classic universal horror monster movies. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little, uh, you know, sad that my daughter's just not getting the same education that I am. <laughs> you should check out, um, ha- have you ever watched uh, Halloween is Grinch night? I have not. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. <laughs> you should check it out. It's uh yeah. it's a little bit fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's actually actually it actually has a lot of similarities to Over the Garden Wall. Um it is a prequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas about Whoville, but it turns out that um once a year on Grinch night, the Grinch comes down off of his mountain and basically just acts like a real fucking asshole. Um, and terrorizes the town and like all the townspeople like lock themselves in their houses 
Um, and uh, again, it's like very like like autumnal, and it's about a boy who gets locked out of his house and gets like blown by the wind like up into the mountains where he encounters the Grinch on Grinch night and has to go into this like weird um like psycho supernatural adventure to prove to the Grinch that he's not afraid and that he can he can withstand the worst scare that the Grinch can deliver and it it has I I I will warn you uh on behalf of of your daughter that like it 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 has a part that is legitimately intense and like terrifying okay. where it looks like a goya painting and there's like big weird faces and like dark shadows and like a very intense uh soundtrack and um thorough ravenscroft is singing grinch is gonna get you and like it's very intense but uh now now that we've watched it a couple times our daughter really likes it and likes the aspect of being scared like i could see her enjoying enjoying being scared by it and i was like aha got gotcha Gotcha. That's the thing is you have to be scared and then be like, I liked that. I want to be scared again a little bit. Right. Well, I'm assuming that aired on like broadcast television. Yeah. Yeah. It it was like an ABC special in like the early eighties or like late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean, so this is something I kind of, you know, I'm kind of coming up with off the top of my head, but as we move from like broadcast television to everybody on streaming services, we lose a lot of like, one of my one of the things I remember a lot from Halloween was you know the sitcoms I would watch would do a Halloween episode, and like kids just aren't going to be exposed to that kind of thing like you know where you know uh, we'll take perfect example uh, the, it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown right for the first time since I think it was like 1955 or something like that it's not going to be airing on national broadcast television because Apple scooped up the rights. And now it's exclusive to Apple TV Plus or whatever they're calling their service, uh, and it's just like the you know the the balkanization of media where it's like you know if, if you know well I, I I you know there's just not that kind of like shared uh, content or not well oh god don't want to use that kind of like sh- shared uh, culture <laughs> that you know kids can grow up talking about like you know um, that kind of stuff like talking about oh I, did you watch Halloween's Grinch Night you know that kind of stuff because it depends on, you know, what your parents subscribe to. Like, you know, we were a Netflix house, so we were an Apple Plus house, like that kind of thing. And you can watch it whenever. And yeah. and so it's it's less it's less special. Yeah, I I I I feel that very acutely, um, and I feel like it's gotten to become the responsibility of like parents to curate that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have a hunch that in the next few years we're gonna swing a little bit back in the opposite direction as people um miss that a little bit and get and get frankly tired of constantly having to figure out what the next thing is yeah. um to watch because like it it sucks honestly um just just like not having access to well curated um you know like children's programming or just just like any programming like like mm-hmm. increasingly um you know not not kids media at all but uh like uh what's what's that called um uh what's that that shutter series the the last drive-in or like haunted drive-in or whatever it is joe, the joe bob joe bob briggs yeah yeah exactly where like it's it's a curated like here's a selection of movies with like a little intro a little outro um actually uh El- elvira did a similar um 
a series a couple years ago on that's that's on on Amazon where it's it's the same thing. It's like here's ten movies, yeah. some old, some new. Um, I I watched Elvira for the first time ever. Uh, the 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 movie about three weeks ago, and um, that is not kid appropriate, but it it actually almost it almost is. Yeah. Um I feel like in a year or two we could we could maybe watch that because I think some of the sexual humor would just go right over um a, a kid's head and and it's really not especially violent or or dark other than that it's kind of like a like a peewee's playhouse level of violence oh. and and terror but kind of almost like a campy level to it. Extreme extremely very very much so. But and not to get too old manish about this stuff but <laughs> Uh, you know, I, as a kid, I was a big scaredy cat. I came to like truly loving horror movies uh, really late in life, uh, just because I was like, and not because of any like strictures from my parents or anything, like that, but just because I was just too afraid. But I would still get a thrill going through my local video store, the horror section, and looking at you know all the incredible VHS covers and just scaring myself a little bit, like just wondering what those. Oh movies yeah. And there's just nothing like that for kids these days, like to like fixate on like you know I, I have vivid memories of the the uh, Dead Alive cover yeah. where the guy's pulling his yes mouth. yes same oh. same yes same and like you know imagine being like ten years old and being like what on earth could that possibly be and just being too afraid to actually like get it <laughs> to watch it and uh, yeah. Yeah, and 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 again, you mentioned like video stores. That's not just a a time zone. That's a physical forbidden space. Mm-hmm. The horror aisle was a a physical space, and I remember that the horror movies started right past the video games um, in in oh. my video store. So if I was looking at the video games. And I looked down the aisle. I was seeing the horror movies and seeing like the Dead Alive cover. I, I remember that. I, I I I remember that cover precisely. Um, I also remember uh, the Evil Dead cover with like the skull with like the eyes kind of like uh, mm-hmm. like uh, bugging out. But yeah. Um. Well. Well. You know. Normally, this is the point where I would ask you if you have anything to plug, and I will. Um, but, uh, I, you know, you, you are, you are now a co-host, uh, so you don't get to plug stuff anymore. No, no, no. no um, uh, but, uh, do you, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kurt, funny you should mention that. Uh, I actually do, uh, coming out soon, I believe, uh, it will be an article that I've written for your online magazine, Blood Knife, which I have been loving every single issue and every single article you've put out so far. Uh, and if you enjoy this podcast, uh, you know, analyzing stuff, you will absolutely love Blood Knife. And uh, I'm looking forward to that debuting. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, thank you for putting the article together. It's it's uh, it's a really cool article. And um, it, it will it will probably be coming out uh, a, a few days after this this podcast. Um, you know, we we have out our, our Halloween issue right now just just for for, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I actually haven't talked about Blood Knife on this podcast yet. Uh, oh. Blood Knife is a uh, is a digital magazine uh, about science fiction, fantasy, horror, and capitalism. Uh, we we publish original takes uh, from interesting authors, Chris included. Um, and uh, each each month we come out with um, you know four or five original articles that talk about the intersection of capitalism and uh, speculative slash genre slash horror. 
uh, media. And, and so we've, we've done all sorts of, you know, interesting stuff. We've talked about the intersection of like, you know, what is the relationship between drone warfare and Isaac Asimov's laws of robotics. We've, we've talked about, you know, the, the way that capitalism is, is depicted in horror films. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's an ongoing project, uh, separate from parents just don't understand, but there, there, there is a lot of, a lot of overlap. Um, if you're, if you're interested, you can check it out at bloodknife.com. Uh, you can also support, uh, bloodknife at patreon.com slash bloodknife. All of our content is paid content. Um, and our Patreon is, uh, how we pay our, our authors. Um, and, uh, I, I can, I, I can announce that actually Bloodknife, um, will very soon be part of Opt Out, which is a, uh, a, a nonprofit news app, uh, that is, uh, 100% free of corporate media narratives, um, and is kind of bringing together, uh, leftist and, and fringe media, um, and, uh, our, our kind of, uh, you know, good, good friend podcasts, uh, Podside Picnic and, Str- and Struggle Session are both a part of that, uh, along with a whole bunch of, of other great uh, media properties. Uh, and uh, you should definitely check it out um, and keep an eye out in the near future for Blood Knife to be on, on Opt Out as well. But, uh, but, but Chris, thanks for, thanks for coming back. And I guess thanks for, for staying back. Um, I'm, I, I'm excited uh, to, to, have, uh, to have, have more, more dad representation. Um, on on the podcast uh and uh i i think i think we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about so keep an eye out everyone for more content uh coming soon thank you very much for having me i'm like a bad cold you can't get rid of me i'm, <laughs> I'm still here i'm stuck good good well well that's that's what we're looking for so um well well thanks everyone uh for for listening to parents just don't understand and uh have a great one cheers Yeah. 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 Yeah.